What's up, my buddy? How you feeling? I'm alright. What's going on with you? Uh, I don't know. Just, just, just in a good mood, I guess you could say. Oh, really? Um, tell me, why are you in such a good mood? Well, about, let's, let's say, let's say, hmm. I don't know. You know, about an hour ago. You know, good guy, Mr. U, James. I got a text. And at 7.55, this beautiful, this is probably the best text you've ever written in your entire life. Said, Cam to Pats. And I'm like, well, with a question mark, thinking, you know, you're just messing with me. At 7.55 again, Cam to Pats. And, you know... Let's go. Anybody who thought the dynasty was over. Hashtag, you would have thought. Everybody who thought Jared Stidham was going to be the Patriots quarterback. Hashtag, you would have thought. Um, I just have to say. Right now, you know, me stepping up to the podium, Bills fans, Jets fans, salute my brothers, and y'all can go back to feeling sorry for your pathetic selves once again. Um, I love that, you know, and it's so stupid that we got this stupid LeBron thing because it's not on, it's not on ESPN, man. It's not getting the coverage it deserves right now, and and that's just annoying, really, really annoying. Um. You know, it's 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 not even on the NFL Network. They're showing the Jets and Ravens. They're showing the Jets and Ravens over this. What is going on? What is wrong with the world? But, Cam Newton, you are the man. And, you know, of, of course, I'll be honest with you. I'd, I'd still rather have Tom Brady. But, since God can't let us have the GOAT, I'll take a 31-year-old quarterback instead. Who can sling it? And who can run that football? Who's six foot five, at least two hundred and fifty peer pound muscle of a Greek god. Um and 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 of course, like I said in, in one of our in one of our many great tweets, um, you know, I I can't say that I always was a fan of Cam Newton, because that would just mean I'm a liar. Um, you know, when he came at the smart and wonderful Jordan Rodriguez. I, I went really hard at Cam. So, you know, I'm not going to be one of those fake guys. And, and I even said in the tweet, I said all that. And then I said, welcome to Pass Nation, baby. Let's go. So, all is forgotten. All is forgiven. Pe- people make mistakes, you know. And when you make mistakes, you got to you gotta see if... Uh, you know, and, and and I know people are going to say, oh, if he wasn't a Patriot, you wouldn't be saying this. You wouldn't be saying this. And you know what? Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But oh well. See, God had a plan. Alright? God knew that the Patriots are too good. Too good to go a season of straight up misery. So now, 
if anybody wants to say it's an automatic lock for Chiefs, Ravens title game, you're out of your ever-loving mind. Cam Newton, as a quarterback compared to Jared Stidham, is 20 times better. Now, will they get as much wins as the Chiefs? I'll be honest and say no. But could they get 10, 11 wins with the third or fourth seed? Or even a second seed? Why the hell not, man? Why not? But this is also depending on Cam's healthiness. He has to be healthy, right? And right now, he could be in the best shape of his life because he's been slinging the rock. He's been working out. He's been getting ready. He's been throwing all dough. So he's ready. Now, he gets to throw to a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Mr. Julian Edelman. He, he gets to throw to Mohamed Sanu, who right now is in fantastic shape. He's been rehabbing, and he said he feels great ready to go. Then you have a pure phenom wide receiver in Nikhil Harry. So... For anybody who wants to come against the Patriots, suck it, boy. Suck it. Suck it. Um, okay, cool. You, 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 you cannot address this. If you, if, you, if you don't address this topic, you'd be a horrible, a horrible human being. Well, what do you want me to say? Um, that was a smart move by the Patriots, and um, if Cam is healthy, makes the East a lot more interesting. If Buffalo thinks they can cakewalk to the AFC East, then they got another thing coming. So it, it gives the Pats a, 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 a big shot at the arm, and that was a smart move. By don't the make Patriots. me don't make me dig through the clips of you saying, Mister Jared Stidham boy. Don't make me do it. Don't do it. Don't make me do it. Like, obviously, I make fun of Jared Stidham. And he's obviously, yeah, stay healthy. If Cam is healthy, then obviously he's way better than Stidham could ever be. You're getting a, a you're getting a former MVP, a guy that took a team to a Super Bowl. So, if Stidham is healthy, that's a fantastic move. And speaking of fantastic move, Jamal Adams thought this was a fantastic move. I salute Coach Bill Belichick for that. That's real. Congrats, Cam. Obviously, our brother Julian Gallardi is not happy in a tweet saying, get out now to Jamal Adams. You know what, man? I'm, I'm telling you, Jets GM, listen, call Bill up and say, Bill, what am I going to do with Jamal, man? He's not happy. Well... Chats I feel for you. Here's this. Here's this. Here's, here's what we're willing to do, alright? Fifth round pick for this year. Right? For 2021, right? Sixth round pick for 2021, right? Right? And then, actually no. First round pick for 2021. First round pick for 2021, right? Second round pick for 2022. Sixth round pick and seventh round pick for 2023. Send them all over. Um, also, a very savvy move by New England. Um, according to a tweet from Adam Schefter, if Cam Newton plays well in 2020 and leaves as a free agent, 
the Patriots could get a compensatory 2022 third-round pick to help make up for the 2021 third-round pick, which is taken away from New England from its videotape violation. Very savvy. And then with all that cap room we have next year, if Cam Newton balls, he ain't never leaving. He'll sign a three, four, five-year deal, and he's staying here. He ain't gonna go anywhere. And then with the rest of the money we get, we get another star. Man! And see, God knew it too, man. God was like, listen, yo, you've, you've been through a championship drought, man. You, you haven't seen a championship in a while. And God, God is just good. You know, when you, th- when you do the right things... God is good. And here I thought this podcast was going to be a baseball podcast, right? Because, you know, the Yankees announced their roster. And we will get to that. Um, but, uh, you know, when when Cam Newton goes to, goes to the best team in NFL, that that's that's the header. Um... We'll, we'll get to your reaction and the Yankees news afterwards, but but uh, you know, good for you, I guess. Um, so <laughs> you're so mad. You, I love it. You're so mad. I'm actually not mad. I actually just don't care. So I. I really oh sure. Don't. Where was all the Mister Stidham boy? In, enjoy your five and eleven. Enjoy that. Enjoy your four and twelve. Enjoy that. You know what? It doesn't matter if you're five and eleven or you're nine and seven. You're not beating the Chiefs, so. Oh, shut your mouth! Oh, shut up! Oh, shut up! Patrick Mahomes wishes he was Cam Newton. Wishes. We will table table this because we do have a guest. Um, Fago White Franklin the Third. He is a journalist and a publisher, and you can catch his stuff at. ProPlayerInsiders.com. He's going to talk about his his upbringing and sports. So we're going to talk to. So we're going to call him right now. Cool. Sports dudes, man. Thank you so much, Baba, for taking the time to come on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Oh no problem. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Uh, I just know. Uh, and I, before we get in, really in depth into the show, um, we'll, we'll talk some sports as well as some breaking news that just had came out like ten minutes ago. Yes, um, we we were just talking about that. So um, my buddy here, Nick, he's a big time Patriots fan. How how's it going, man? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Good, good. I'm 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 in a much better now. The last thirty yeah. minutes, I've just been smiling. You couldn't wipe the smile off my face if you tried. So, breaking news: Um, Cam Newton signs with the with the Patriots. So, what are your thoughts, man, of what just happened? Oh man! So, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for Cam. I actually think it's it's like it's it's up in the air for me to be honest, because you also have to look at the Patriots' offensive line. Um, can they handle uh, not a traditional quarterback? Cam Newton is more so of a running back, I mean, not running back, but he's more so of a mobile quarterback. And then also, with healthy Cam Newton is very weak. 
But the one thing that the Patriots need more than anything is another key factor, which they know why we're shooting for. I mean, Julian Edelman is definitely good, and he can um, get out in the open space. He's definitely a big threat down the field, but they don't have anybody else. So they need another key factor to kind of get open because that's something that they struggle with, even with Tom Brady. And with Cam Newton, um, if he can go back to his MVP year in 2015, he'll be definitely great. And here's another thing that a lot of people are not talking about leaving. Uh, Cam Newton is a colorful guy. He has a colorful personality. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. When you go to New England, you can't do any of that. You look at uh, Randy Mulls and Antonio Brown. They really didn't have their personalities, and they felt like um, they wasn't authentic. They couldn't be their authentic selves. So that's going to be something that uh, another key factor to watch as well, too, uh, with Cam Newton now going to New England, because New England is more so of the traditional, just shut up and do your work type of atmosphere. If if you're Cam Newton, right, I'm pretty sure he thought about twice, twice ways, everything you just said. And he's probably chalking it up to, you know what? It's the Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. The greatest, smartest guy that I will ever get to coach me, right? And they do have a big key factor in Nikhil Harry. He's a young star, possibly could be a talented wide receiver. If Mahometun is healthy, that is another excellent option. And so far, he's rehabbing well. He's, he's running routes every day. Um, and Julian Edelman will groom that. Now, they are going to have to trade probably the best guard in football in Joe, in, in Joe Tooney. So, they'll, they'll probably get a good draft compensation for that. So, I think it's safe, right, if he's healthy, right? He, ha- he has to play all 16. But let's say he plays all 16. I don't think it's far-fetched. For the Patriots to get minimum 10 wins in that division. They can maybe even get 11. And then that that would mean a top, what, 3 to 4 seed in the playoffs? With, with, with a home playoff game in the division round? So if you do all that, then with their many cap space next year of well over $100 million. Not only could he stay... They they can go after any top free agent they want. And see, I, that's why I was I have already stated, you know, on my social media platforms. Uh, with Brittany Cam Newton, um, they are now a division champion uh, within their division because at first I had the Bills. Uh, <laughs> because the Bills I young I agree. I I had the Patriots going five and eleven or or less than that. You know, with everything had to go right. They could have been 88, but that's with everything going right. And now, uh-huh. it's it's safe to say that if people were booking Chiefs Ravens title game, you might have uh-huh. to lower that bar a little bit. Um, it's, uh, I'm not there just yet. I'm, I'm, they're going to the playoffs, but going deep in the playoffs, I just don't see it. They just need one more key piece as far as the wide receiver core, and they need to strengthen their offensive line. Brady struggled with that. You saw that in the first game um, in the playoffs. He struggled with that. That's and I personally felt like they could have won against Tennessee if they actually had somebody that could definitely get a deep threat down the field. They didn't really have that. Julian Edelman, I mean, he can only do so much. And then the other teammates, 
you know, they did not show up. <laughs> me, other people that are going to be consistent, you know, if they had a Tony O'Brown, now, now we would, we'd be talking about a different scenario. To be fair, and 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 this is gonna be a slight, but but it's an ob- obvious light. Cam Newton thirty one, right? Tom Brady's forty two. Not to mention, and I'm a big Brady fan. And if if you had to say him or Cam, I'd honestly rather have Tom Brady, right? But. The big, the big age difference, right? Cam has to be, you figure with muscle, at least 250, right? And and he he could still probably get the ball down the field 67 yards, no problem. Also, Edelman and Sanu was playing with big injuries last year. So they were not healthy. Now, if right now they're fully, fully healthy, and yes, they got, they have to get linemen, I don't think they can get any more weapons. Their cap right now is is pretty much screwed up. You know, they got like I think like five hundred K maybe in cap room. So Tooney is like fourteen million, so when he goes that's big. Maybe if there's someone else out there, but I, I think the team is pretty much as is. So let me ask you this. Um I know we got, like, you know, certain sports coming back with the WNBA as well as uh, NBA and the MLB. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot MLB, too. So, <laughs> so how do you personally feel um, with sports coming back with no fans there? I personally, me personally, I don't mind because as long mm-hmm. as the sports are there, it's fine. I mean, it'll it'll feel weird initially for like maybe a, for a couple of days, but then we'll probably get used to it. I think for me personally, I think the owners would rather have fans there because that's how they get some of their revenue. So I think so. I so I said that later on in the year, if this virus gets a, gets gets better handled and we have some sort of treatment. That we will have fans in the stands, but I think the next time you will see fans at full capacity will be 2021. That's just my opinion. Um, obviously, the NFL will try to get minimum, I would say, 15 to 20K fans, let's say, after Thanksgiving, right? Uh-huh. Um, some, some people say we, we could have a vaccine by September, October, so... You got you got to figure an average size football stadium what fifty nine k sixty k plus capacity right so you can easily spread with with including the suites right so keep keep prices just for this season a little bit minimum like like a little bit realistic right and then get get twenty to twenty five k fans in per game. They'll 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 go. You'll you'll still have your your NFL tailgates. You'll still have the fans in the building. It's gonna happen. And baseball, I I don't see why you can't put five K to anywhere from eleven to twelve K fans. They will come if we're allowed to come. Right now, there's for as many Yankee fans are there on Twitter. If, even even if they had to sign waivers, they'll say, give me the pen, right? Because we want to be there. It's just that we're not allowed to be there. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the moment we're allowed to be in, 
It's gonna happen. And also, um, they're expecting the 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 Kentucky Derby to have fans. So all for every sporting event that has fans now, that's what they're gonna look at. They're gonna look to see how it goes. And if it if it was up to me for for the major four sports, because let's face it, the the major four is what most people really only care about, right? Of, of course, the other sports matter, but if it was me, I would have every fan check with temperature. If you have over 100 degrees, you're not coming in. We'll refund your ticket, but you are not coming in. And, and, then, and then sign a waiver. If you get sick in the building, that's on you. And I definitely agree with you on that. I know um, I have talked with some um, individuals down in um, Miami, and they were saying that they could hold, I think, like 75000 but they're trying to at least cut it down to, like, maybe bringing, like, 15,000 fans in the stadiums and practice social distancing as well as you got to wear a face mask and different things of that nature. Um, so I could see that happening probably, you know, week maybe like six or seven, give or take. And to go back to Cam Newton, um, as well as the other people you talk about with Sanu as well as Edmund. Um, with us not really having no training or uh, and, and being, you know, stationed and, you know, in our whole towns and different things of that nature because of the pandemic, we don't know what to expect coming from these people because they haven't really touched the ground like that. So they might actually, you know, Right now, it's like they're healed, but they really haven't had no on-field um, access to anything. So, you know, the rest is going to be definitely hard, as well as, you know, cutting, you know, their routes. So that's going to be something that um, that is interesting to look at as well, too. You know, when they actually, you know, finally get back on the field, if they can, you know, cut a certain way, um, if they're actually 110%. Because, you know, not playing and not touching the field for, you know, X amount of time, that can delay, you know, um, your percentage of your capabilities, which you can do on the field. Well, that's also why, for the past month, Tom Brady has been thrown thrown to his new, new receivers, right? So, I'm pretty sure right now, if not right now, at some point tomorrow, Cam Newton will video chat with Edelman. He'll video chat with Sanu. He'll video chat with Harry and Jacoby Myers and, and, and all the running backs. And I'm pretty sure somewhere, somewhere where is the less, you know, where everybody can get together, I'm pretty sure they'll do the same. Because even though the league is getting at Brady, Brady has to do it. The only person Brady knows is Rob Gronkowski. So chemistry is very important. And the Buccaneers have a higher chance at winning the Super Bowl. So for Cam Newton, he knows nobody. Cam Newton knows nobody. So it is even more important where they have to, have to do chemistry. And another thing that's kind of going to suck for the Patriots, if Bill has to coach from the box, if he can't be on, if he can't be on the field, Right then and there, and let's say he has to talk into McDaniel's or or one of his sons, it's a big difference because there's a timing, right? Even even if he's just five seconds off from taking the time to writing it down and to talking into the mic, that's a huge key factor. 
So that's that's also another thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, and they should talk about that. So it's just many different things, and you know what? The NFL just has to stop it. I get it; they're mad at Brady, but they have to understand that Tom Brady and Cam Newton and Philip Rivers, any new quarterback with the offense, they have to have these workouts. These are grown men. No one is forcing these grown men to do this. They are choosing to do this. So if they get sick, it is on them. So it just, the NFL can't stand in the way of it. Would they want them to work out? Of course not. I'm, I'm sure they just want them to be at home and just lift weights. But lifting weights is not the same as, co- as catching a football. Lifting weights is not the same as getting the snap from your center. It's, it's just, it's things you can't run over, from, run over from your living room and drinking coffee. You need to be there and to, to get the half-second time from, from the wide receiver running his ankles, cutting his routes. You know, it, it's weather. It's, it's so much that goes into it. First of all, I, I, I just said Super Bowl contention. No, no, not even that. Oh, come they, on. They come are, on. They are not. They, okay. they can't win that division. If, if, if somehow Drew Brees can get... How are the Saints uh, better than the Buccaneers? Do you know how much of a choker Drew Brees is? But they're still good enough to win the division. They're not better than what the Buccaneers have. They're better on paper. Like, look at the Saints. They're they're better on paper. Mike Thompson. I mean, you got Michael Thompson. Emmanuel Gowers. Thank you. Come on, who's the running back? Come on. Come on, Al. How has Drew Brees done lately? Tell me, tell me how. I, I need to know what he's done lately. First off, you have Mr. Weapon do it on Pace and Hill. You forgot about that. Pace and Hill can do everything you ask him to. Alvin Kamara is nice. Michael Thomas is nice. Now you have Emmanuel Sanders to compliment Michael Thomas. So is Michael Thomas new? Has has Drew Brees not had Michael Thomas for the past three postseasons? Don't bring up the refs. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's not why they lost. That's not why they lost. You know it. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. In those two postseasons, hear me out. In those two postseasons that Saints fans will claim the refs made them lose. The first quarter in both those two postseasons, three drives. They could have had two touchdowns. They had to settle for two field goals and a touchdown. In both those two postseasons, one, Drew Brees went into overtime. Who got the ball first? Not the Rams. The Saints. And what did Drew Brees do? I I can tell you. He threw an interception. How, how do you feel about that? And then the last postseason, what happened? Drew Brees, big, big, big fumble. All right? Drew Brees is not the same way. Who cares what he does in the regular season? Who cares? He he can sleep and throw 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Who cares? But what has he done in the postseason? Absolutely nothing since 2009. And, and he has two awesome running backs. 
He has a fantastic wide receiver, but even still, you want, he's not even the best wide receiver in, in the NFL. He's not better than Julio Jones, and if Antonio Brown was in the league, he'd be the best wide, wide receiver in the NFL. Which, way, Tom Brady has Gronkowski and two fantastic wide receivers and another great tight end. By the way, before they cut you off, maybe to the Seahawks seems like a possibility. So, yeah, just want to throw that out there. But your comments, what your comments, bro, on, on this? Because I, I still have, I still have the Saints, I still have the 49ers. Um, 49ers are still a team to reckon with in the NFC. Um, 49ers just blew a 10 nothing lead in the Super Bowl. Who's their head coach? There you go. Need I say more, guys? Come on. Come on. Need I say more with Shannon Head? Come on now. Come on. My man, 28-3 against Tom Brady, which I'm thrilled about. I'm so happy about that. But then, you're up 10 nothing with, what, 7 minutes left? Run the football, guy. 20-3 is embarrassing enough. But you're up 10. Mahomes has had a trash game. A garbage game. You're up 10 with 7 minutes left. Do you know how easy it is to run off 7 minutes o'clock? Do you know how easy it is to run off 7 minutes o'clock? You run the ball... Three minutes, the punter takes its time. He takes his time to one, then they call timeout. It's that easy. But you got you got Tyree killed. It's only a matter of time before he gets down on, on your defenders. You got you got double him. Oh fine, fine, fine. So let's say let's say let's say the nineties eat up eat up eat up three minutes and ten seconds on the clock, right? Let's say let's say the Chiefs score in a minute ten, okay. You're looking, you're looking a little on the, a little on the four, right? And then let's say the Chiefs get a quick stop, but now they have no timeouts, and let's say they got a buck and a half left. For for Mahomes to go, for Mahomes to go, twenty five yards just to tie the game for a field goal. Is asking a lot. Did you not see what they did with the Tennessee Titans? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, it was the game before that. The game before that. Look up Don't bring up the Texans. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's the Texans. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't get me hot. Don't get me cooking, man. I was about to say I knew I knew you wasn't gonna say the greatest comeback because we know what the greatest comeback is. In a divisional round, that was the best comeback I've seen. In a divisional round, not two balls. Right, right. But you was about to say you started saying the greatest comeback. I heard you. I, I, I know he heard you too. <laughs> the greatest comeback of all time, of course, no doubt, is the Super Bowl. But the Falcons just gave it up. My man. You you are becoming my number one best friend, sir. No, you can't say that too much because hey, we're the last team that beat y'all in the Super Bowl. I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Oh, 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 oh. You know what, man? 
you just lost your spot at the table. You just lost your spot. Okay, now, 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 think of the Eagles. Think of the Eagles. That's actually a good jumping off point, my friend. You're an Eagles fan. You're seeing what Dallas is doing in the division. They got CD Lamb. Dallas looks like the favorites. You know the Giants and the Skins are rebuilding. How can the Eagles compete with Dallas for a top spot in the MSC? We just gotta be better on defense. And like I said, and this is, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, the Cowboys have no excuse not to make it this postseason. Ever. Yeah, look at this. Like, like, seriously, look at what's on, on paper. They are way better than us on paper. Just on the wide receiving core. C.D. Lamb is a physical wide receiver. He's, he's a game changer. Um, then you got Amari Cooper out there. And he's just been dominating. Ever since he came to the Cowboys, the Cowboys are a different team. And then Dax Prescott is coming off his best season. Are you, are you, are you serious? Then you got Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott, where he's running, um, basically having four yards per game. Are, are you kidding me? You don't have to do too much. And then you got us, and we barely snuck into the playoffs. You could have beat the Seahawks. But <laughs> we, we, we got Josh McCown in, and you know our third-string quarterback, he did pretty decent, and he was injured, like, I don't understand why the Cowboys did not beat us. We basically had a practice squad team that made it to the playoffs. So, Wentz has to be healthy. Lord knows he hasn't been healthy in like two, three years now. We, he has to be healthy. Deshaun Jackson has to be healthy. On uh, wide receivers, they got to get open, man. That was our problem last year. We were dropping balls, and we could not get open to save our damn own lives. And, you know, our key factors um, uh, with uh, D-Jack and, um, damn, what's my man name? He came from Bears, Alshon Jeffers. Yeah, Alshon Jeffers. He was injured majority of the year. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that messed the chemistry up right there. But somehow, we, you know, we kept, you know, having faith that, you know, we're going to make the playoffs. And I kept saying to myself, to the Dallas Cowboys, I'm like, yo, please at least win one game. They lost against uh, the Lions. I'm like, uh, win against this team. Keep, um, keep um, winning, keep winning. Don't give me hope, don't give me hope. They gave me hope, and then we end up playing them. And then we won. I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? And mind you, they was number one. With the, they were supposed to be the um, number one in the office for, I think, like the first half of the season. As well as second. I think it's like week 10, week 10 or 11, somewhere around that. But it's just like, they were beating people bad. And I'm like, and I actually had Dex Prescott as um, most um, improved player. He didn't have a deep ball like that two years ago. He, has, he actually has a deep ball that is very accurate now. And that was a team I could see that could kind of sort of be a sneaky team. So, anyways, um, we just got uh, Jalen Hurts, and I feel like he's, he's going to be um, our backup plan just in case um, Wentz gets hurt. And then there's going to be a, definitely a package deal with him. So, I think that will be, you know, something pretty exciting to see. Um, but, again, it just relies on our defense as well as our wide receivers actually catching the goddamn on ball because that was our Achilles too. We couldn't catch a ball to save our lives. I mean, against the Falcons, you know, week two against the Falcons, we lost that game. We lost the game against the Lions. Um, it was, uh, who else? I'm just trying to think. Oh, uh, Miami Dolphins, are you kidding me? Yeah, Those were the games that we were supposed to win if we did not win. And so... We, at the end of the day, 
It's all about being consistent. Wentz has to be healthy, and we have to catch the balls, and we need wide receivers to actually uh, beat the defender to get open. We can't get open. So that's how you beat the Cowboys, but it's going to it's gonna be our, our quarterbacks and safeties to kind of help us out. But that division, um, I like what the uh, Washington Redskins is doing. Uh, the Giants, they're rebuilding, so... Yeah, but as far as, like, the NFC in total, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, but uh, one of my Super Bowl picks is the Saints. And as Ooh, I discussed I like it. I, I, I just, I like Drew Brees, but, you know, with the political situation, he just kind of broke down his locker room. And so now that's going to be pretty interesting to see because chemistry comes from everywhere. Like, y'all, like, when people play sports, we're all one family. You know, and he understands exactly what was going on. Now he's, he's doing the most. And, you know, Drew Brees was never the person, the type of quarterback or person to be in the spotlight. Now all of a sudden, oh, he's saying, oh, well, look into my eyes, making videos and stuff. And it's like, yo, you're doing too much. That's not you. You're not being authentic. Um, you know, you speak by your actions, not just doing, like, a PR move. And so my whole aspect with the Saints, if they can somehow get on one accord, they'll be pretty dynamic. If they don't, it's gonna, um, I'm going to have to go with, you know, the Bucks. But you're looking at, you know, 40-plus Brady. We don't even know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line like that. With Jameson Winston, that was pretty um, dynamic. But now we have Tom Brady. And, you know, Jameson Winston, he can move. He's a mobile quarterback. Tom Brady can't move like he once could. And you saw that in, in, in the uh, postseason in the first game against the Tennessee Titans. He looked like Jerry Goff in the Super Bowl. He didn't know what to do because he always rely. He always had somebody to rely on as a wide receiver. So you have a new offensive line, a uh, new scheme, and then also um, we don't know what you want to expect with Gronk. Gronk, he was he was good. He looks but. When he was his last uh, few games with the Patriots, he didn't do too well, and then that season he was injured. So, you know, coming off, like, he, he took a, a year off, and so we would see, like, you know, was it, was it, you know, can he come back to the grump that we once saw? And then, again, again, this is a different scheme for him as well, too. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see, you know, if they can, um, come together and make this thing happen. But, again, I, like, I had the Super Bowl pick, uh, you know, last year. I mean, two years ago. I, I thought it was going to be the 40-year-old bowl. You know, Brady versus Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, uh, to go back to the initial conversation just a few seconds ago, um, the Rams did. <laughs> they got one over on the Saints. The Saints was actually supposed to win. Yeah. Three calls you could have made. Three calls you could have made. All right, Maybe. you... You, you said a lot, and I'm going to pack them all real quick. First, first on the Grok comment, not only, not, not only is that asinine, that's asinine 10, 11, 12, and 13. In that title game against the Chiefs, he had, he had the biggest third and 17 catch to where if he don't make that catch, there is no way, no way the Patriots win that game. Then, the Super Bowl, the only touchdown drive. If he doesn't make that catch, who knows if a touchdown, even though it was running touchdown, who knows if that touchdown is ever ran. Um, with Wentz, James, James knows how I feel about Carson Wentz. 
when healthy, he is a star. He, when healthy, he's better than Dak Prescott. And me and James both feel Dak Prescott is extremely overrated. He's going to get eventually overpaid. He's already, to me, $31 million for him for one year. That's too much. That is too much. He is not that good. He has not gotten them to a title game. So, so it has to be title game or bust. And I'm telling you right now, the Cowboys are not getting into the title game over the Saints or Bucks. It's not going to happen. It's just not. It's not going to happen, right? Um, with the with Drew Brees' situation, what he did was horrible, right? But just like NFL fans and players, they're all fake. As long as Drew Brees is slinging the rock and winning games, they are not going to care. It's Drew Brees. Now, if Taysom Hill said that, not only would he have gotten the crap beat out of him, he would have got cut. But but because Drew Brees has so much put into the bank, he probably could have said something where along the lines of I don't like black people that much. And the locker room wouldn't be lost that much. Because it's Drew Brees. Drew Brees is at least 60% of the key to them winning. And so if so that's why I I think when people say stuff like that, it's just about who you are. Um, Eagles, will they win the division? I'm gonna say no, but they should make the playoffs. I I don't see why they shouldn't make the playoffs. They should go at least, if not two and zero against Giants. They should go two and zero against the Redskins, and they should at least. At least split the Cowboys. I don't see why they they don't split the Cowboys. And now, will they go past past the divisional round? I'm I'm not sure. You know, I I can't see them being better than the Seahawks. I I can't see them being better than the Saints or Bucks. I I can't see them being better than the 49ers. So I I think they're missing a couple things. Um, you know, so pretty much in 2017, they they had to win that. And who knows? Maybe if they lose that, maybe they keep folk. Maybe so that's that's one thing we'll never know. But you 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 still trade in that Super Bowl for everything. Even if, even if the Eagles go the next 10 years, I'm 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 pretty sure you'll be okay with that. Um, so so sports, as long as you're producing, it it, it just doesn't matter now. Now, if 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 Breeze was to say something crazy, like 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 repping the Confederate flag or something like that, maybe maybe that's not something he can come back from. But saying what he said, it's bad, right? Bad look. It's it's not something he should have voiced his opinion on at the moment. But what, can I see it break in the locker room and people not playing for him? Hell no. They're, they're going to play for him three times a week if, if, if they were asked to. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe everything you, you just stated. Um, but however, you know, Michael Thompson, you know, unfollowed him. And, you know, Alvin Kamara unfollowed him. And it's just like, you know, a lot of people, such as myself, you probably as well, as well as the league. You know, Drew Brees is a respected figure. 
and he has done so much for the black community, and for him to sit there and say that is like kind of hurt my heart. Because you, first and foremost, you played down in New Orleans. You, you are like New Orleans is predominantly African American. You, you see the struggles that we go through each and every day, and then you understood what Colin Kaepernick was doing. Because this isn't like racism just did not exist, or discrimination did not just you know all of a sudden just exist. It's been here. And we've been telling y'all about that for the longest. And you can even see, like, within the NFL, three black head coaches, only one Latino head coach. How many and black GMs? How many black GMs? Um, I'm not even sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. How many black owners in the NFL? I, don't quote me verbatim. I think it's, like, one or two. Yeah. And how many black owners are in the NFL? So by James saying this, he's he's forcing me to bring up that crap Rooney rule, you know. I I I think it's the most annoyingest rule, and you know it's just too much politically correct, man. Here's here's how it should be. The best man gets the job. If it, if it happens to only be all white guys, who cares? If it's all black, who cares? All Asian, Hispanic, who cares? And if Colin Kaepernick gets a job, it's most likely not going to be because they want him. It is going to be to shut everybody up. Same, same what's going to happen if there's another black head coach. Right now, it's only Tomlin, it's only Anthony Lynn, and I think there's one more coach. Yeah, um, yeah three coaches. Yeah, and one so, more, I think. so it's it's all PC stuff, and they they want people to continue to buy to buy the swag, to buy the tickets, to support, and of course, if a team signs Kaepernick, that team. Is gonna get a bunch of new fans, so that's another reason why they would do it. Because the man's in his thirties now, hasn't played a football game in over four years. So is he physically fit? Sure, but is he in football shape? For all we know, the first three hundred pound lineman can come at him and he tears his ACL. He's done, right? And then he he can only come back. For a starting role. And there's not much of those spots left. Him him, him being a backup quarterback. Solves nothing. Because then the story will only be about him. Why? Because he won't be able to change the story. Because he won't be playing. So he has to be a starter. And. As much as I hate it. If I'm the NFL. I just start hiring minorities. Because. The longer they go without, it's going to show that you can't make us do anything. We're billionaires. You can't tell us to do nothing. So they they either have to go full in and just say, screw it. You guys can write whatever you want that, that, that were racist or blah, 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 blah. Or they just got to give in. And even if the person sucks for the job, they have to hire them. 
was crave that guy before Deontay burst onto the scene with his, with his quick with his quickness and his hooks. So I'm I'd be more interested in seeing that because that's actually a straight boxing match that I would pay money to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, what, no, no, what, what, what matches you got? No, um, the other match. Well, no, other match. I was going to. I, I definitely agree with what you were going to say. I was going to switch it a little bit. Um, to NBA talk. Yeah, you know me. Like one thing about me, I'm very diverse with sports. So I watch, you know, any and everything. Sports is like, you know, my niche, and I love everything about sports. Okay. So I try to keep up on. That, that, I try to keep up on everything. That's what we do with the sports, dudes. We love, we cover all sports. And the NBA, great, great, great that you mentioned that. So the NBA is going to be coming back July 30th. We got some very key matchups, including Lakers Clippers. So what are you, A, what are you looking forward to the NBA? And B, what are your thoughts on the NBA saying that they can take off their last names and put, like, social justice statements on the back of their jerseys? Ah, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to actually answer your second question first. Um, I love I love that aspect. You know, it's it just so more so awareness. Since they're not physically, you know, protesting and different things of that nature, they can actually protest while they're on the court. And it definitely means something because the NBA is doing something that's bringing so much awareness because they have millions of fans that are actually watching the streaming since they can't be there. And it's definitely something that is appreciated for people that are still protesting, still marching, and people that are, you know, feel a certain type of way that, you know, black lives need to matter. So the NBA, because first and foremost, the NBA is predominantly African-American. So they have to come up with a you know strategic manner in order to kind of implicate that out. I know um, they have shirts not too long ago. I think it in like 2016 uh, with Eric Garner. The yeah. I can't breathe shirt. You know, in support of you know just trying to bring more sort of awareness of what is happening. You know, outside of. Um, the, the community and outside of the gyms and the arenas and different things of that nature. So I think that is actually a perfect idea for each of these individuals to have. Um, yeah, back to the first question. Ah. Oh, man. So I'm a diehard Lakers fan. I'm a LeBron James fan. Yes, yes. I'm not a LeBron fan, though. Um, you know, you're a Lakers fan, like you grew up with Kobe and Shaq. Yes, yes. Okay. Robert Ory, Rick Fox. Robert Ory, Rick uh, Fox. Yes. Uh, Byron Scott. Byron Scott. Yes. All those guys, yes. I'm diehard. Um, so, um, I really want the Lakers to try to win, but I feel like they're, they're not that deep. Um, as far as the bench is concerned, uh, the bench, the bench that is beef is the Clippers. I know they just brought uh, Jim K. Noah um, into the scenes as well. Um, and he's definitely a hustle guy. You know, you got Patrick Beverly, Luke Williams, uh, 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 Kawhi Leonard, PG-13. Now, the thing with the Lakers is um, they got all these bigs. You know, Jamel McGee, A.D., um, Dwight Howard. They got all these big. I like Young Caruso, too. Uh, I think he's an energy guy. But going against these guys, like with the Clippers, I think the two Clippers put a lot of pressure on the Lakers, and they will get their big guys in foul trouble. Now, the other intriguing um, team that nobody's really talking about, and they let, they, they're let idiots because they let uh, Capella go, is the Rockets. The Rockets are playing small ball. Yeah. So, so, 
if they happen to play like the Lakers in the um in the um postseason, that's going to be pretty interesting because Russell Westbrook will put a lot of pressure on your um defense and especially on your big guys. So Jamel McGee, we already know he's probably get like four fouls. The White Howard, I mean, he's a hacker. Um, he's not as as uh, what's the word I want to say? He is not as good as he used to be. He just he he plays his role, which is pretty good. Um, and then you got AD. AD is going to be one of the key factors. Um, you know, he can average, I think he's averaging like 25, 26 a game now these days. And then LeBron James, I think he's averaging like around 22, 23 a game, if I'm not mistaken. Don't call me verbatim. Um, I know he's leading the league with, uh, re- um, not rebounds, but, uh, assists. With close around, uh, I think I'm 10 or 11. Don't call me verbatim. It's somewhere around those numbers. Uh, but anyway. Um, that is the matchup I'm trying that I'm very intrigued to see. As well as uh, the East, the East is pretty wide open. Everybody want to talk about the Bucks, but I've been watching so much film on the Boston, the Boston Celtics, and yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, Jamie Brown, that guy's up and coming. I got, uh, people not sleep on. People are so sleeping on Jason Tatum. I really think Jason Tatum, and I know it's going to be a really hot take. People are all on the Luka Doncic train. I think Jason Tatum's going to be the best player in the league. I really think so. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you right there. I, I like him. Every year he's improving. Um, you know, he's driving to the cup. Now, he's always been driving to the cup. He can finish with the left and right. And then on top of that, like how he it finishes on people. I mean, he don't know LeBron James not too long ago. And he loves the big moments. He's not afraid of the big moments. And you need that um, type of killer instinct um, in a person, especially with Boston. And then you got Kevin Walker. It makes it so much easier. Instead of, you know, having, um, um, what's my man, uh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was a distraction. And so Kevin Walker, all he does is, you know, he has a personality, but he's not that local, and he leads by example. And that's what Boston needs. And then you also got the Raptors. Man, the Raptors are upcoming, too, and that's even without Kawhi Leonard. And um, I like Van Fleet. Van Fleet is going to be definitely a key factor, too. I love him. Love him. So underrated. And, and so, yes, very much. Very much. And then, you know, you can't count out the 76ers neither. Like, I actually have my final, um, my finals was uh, the Clippers versus the 76ers. Ooh. Why? My finals, my, before you explain yours, my finals was actually Lakers versus Bucks. And if it's not the Bucks, I also have the Lakers Celtic because I wanna, I wanna, I wanna have that Lakers Celtics one more time. But you uh, go back to you didn't get enough for 2010. <laughs> yeah, I, I want more. I want more. I, I, I'd like to restore team joy at it. But you mentioned something about Clippers Sixers. Why the Sixers? Man, the Sixers are huge. They are huge. They just don't really have an outside shooter anymore. They don't have J.J. Reddick no more. Uh, um, Jimmy Get Buckets. Jimmy Butler. They don't have those type of... Oh, y'all buddy, I totally forgot. And nobody even mentioned it. And I even forgot about this. Miami is out there afloat. Miami is like a sleeper team. People are really yes. people on this. Like people like Duncan and Hero. That, yo, oh, TJ Hero. Hero's a stud, and man. And also Bama Bio. I love it. 
but to go back to, you know, why I picked the 76ers, I felt like, I felt like they, they have something to prove. I mean, they, they lost the game, game seven against the Raptors. That could have been anybody's game. And they played so hard. And to only lose by that look as real, real in and out type of shot. And so they have something to prove. And um, UL and B can get himself together and average, you know, maybe like 20 a game. And then if um, somehow, um, uh, what's, what's my man? Uh, 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 more than that can't shoot no threes. Uh, oh, Ben yeah, Ben Simmons, there you go. And he just somehow develop an outside shot. I, I saw him in practice. And he actually shoots that at a decent percentage. They got nothing but bigs. And everything runs through um, uh, Joel at times, too. If he could stay out of foul, uh, foul trouble, he'd be good. I agree. Um, I, I, I have another team that in the Western Conference that people need to keep a sharp eye on. I really like the Denver Nuggets out in the West Coast. Oh, no. I, I like I like them. I don't care. I why, like why do you like them? Why do you, why you like them? I love Jamal Murray. I love Jamal oh, okay, Murray. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I also like uh, I, also, I also like the I also like the Joker Nikolai Jokic. I like him. Um, I think Denver is a team to keep on. I don't think they're better than the Clippers. I think LeBron maybe will be too much for them, but that's a team that could probably disrupt things. They could probably give the Lakers a tougher run than they would the Clippers because the Clippers are just too deep. Nick has been riding the Clippers train all day. He's on Clippers day. Kawhi, man. Come on, man. Now, now, his finals, I think he has the Clippers versus the Bucks. I have the Lakers versus the Bucks. You have the Clippers versus the 76ers. Now, now sticking with the NBA, now, I am a Knicks fan, my friend. I am a struggling Knicks fan. You know what James Dolan, you know how James Dolan is. James Dolan is James Dolan. They just hired Leon Rose, um... To be the president of the Knicks, they have Scott Perry. They they hired some fun from some guys from Utah, Walt Parrott, who's on there. Them they they hired Worldwide West. Um, I know that you're you're, you're a Lakers fan, and you get to have glory. And me as a Knicks fan, I get to struggle. But give me a reason to be optimistic about the Knicks. Give me something. How <laughs> many y'all got next year? <laughs> That's the only way to say it, man. He always does this with every guest we have. He tries to get Nick's talking. It's like you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Why do you do it? The Knicks are straight up trash. There is only two good things about the Knicks. Only two good things. And two players can't do it by themselves. So, there is nothing else good about the Knicks. I'm sorry. Stop bringing them up, man. Stop talking about them until they deserve to be talked about. Don't waste our guest time with this trash team. I mean, like I said, like I said, you just have to look at, you know, the picks that y'all get. Look at, you know, some of the youngsters or whatever that's coming into the draft class. Um, But other than that, y'all just need to build all around from, you know, the ground up. Because this has been going on each and every year. I mean, y'all have Melo, y'all have Amari Stoudemire, y'all have Jeremy Lin. Y'all really couldn't do anything with those those individuals. And then y'all had, you know, uh, uh, Przingis. And Przingis is definitely killing on in, in, in Dallas. Uh, and, and he was supposed to be y'all, y'all golden superstar. 
Ei, dar mai sunt două You did it to yourself, man. I know. I, I know I did it to myself. Um, switching gears to um baseball. Um, hold on before baseball. baseball. Hold hold on. With the whole with the whole jersey thing, right? With the Black Lives Matter. Let's yeah. say could could the back of the jersey, let's say say, rip, Floyd. And then, and then, and then after each game, I assume those jerseys would be at auction, and and the money goes to the, the cause. Okay. Then that's a fantastic idea. see how many games he played. Oh, okay, Zion played 19. So, so 19 out of 82, yeah. I I can't do it. I mean, he he did get 23.6 per game, field goal percentage 58.9, average 20 rebounds, 2 and 2 assists. Those are good numbers. But that's at 19 games, you know. What would they be at 45? Now, if to me out of 82, I I say 42 is my minimum. That's the minimum amount of games I think I have to play. So it'd be a disrespect to to give it to Zion Williamson. Um, would he be able to be a rookie next year, or does the NBA not not work like that? Like like you you know how in baseball if you have under two hundred at bats you're still eligible as a rookie. Would Zion still be able able, able to be a rookie next year? No, no P play. Alright. Once, play. once you step and play, not even if it's just one game. You're still, this is your rookie year, so you can't be rookie next year. The reason why Blake Griffin won rookie year the following is because he did not play his entire rookie year. Oh, okay. But now, if you're going to ask me who's going to have the better career, 
I would say Zion. Because just how his explosiveness into the paint, right? I I would say he's 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 obviously a little bigger than Shaq, right? But he's also a little bit more athletic than Shaq. So if even if he stays on the Pelicans, he'll he'll just be one of those guys who's who's just really extremely talented, and he he'll just never have a championship, you know. But he's he's that he's that good. Eventually, John John Morant, he just he's probably gonna want to leave. He's he's probably gonna want to win somewhere, and it it just might be different. I feel the same way about what we are saying. I love, I love, um, uh, Josh. And I, what he did with the Memphis team is, is, is crazy. But Zion? Like, that, for 19 games and, you know, averaging close to like 23 a game, it's just crazy. It's once in the blue moon and what you're saying and, and how he has developed. He already knows the game and this is his rookie season. And it's just so amazing. And then, like, people are feeding off his energy. And, like, the Pelicans. I actually had them going in the AC. And I'm like, if they get in the playoffs, so hear me out. If they get in the playoffs and they versus the Lakers, it's going to be some problems. Brandon Ingram is coming into his own about goddamn on time. Like, I always thought he'd be a superstar. He's starting to grow into that superstar. He's starting to have that confidence now. He can score with the left and right. Um, he, he shoots the 50, uh, 15 to 30 footer at a, a decent uh, percentage. And now he's developing with a three, and he's long and lengthy. He reminds me so much of Kevin Durant. And it's so hard. Like, he's a great defender, too. And, and it's just like, and then, of course, you got, um, what's, my, what's my man name? Uh... He was he for uh he played for the Lakers. Uh, what's his name on the name? Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. Yeah, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is a great assistant too. He he's you know he's a good point guard. And then you got uh Drew Holiday out there too. Look, Zion's gonna get you one, right? He'll get he'll get you one. But if the Lakers don't beat the Pelicans within five games. You know what that shows you? Not only should, should should LeBron's man car be taken away, not only should LeBron's basketball car be taken away, but Le- LeBron will be reminded of that fantastic Dallas Mavericks series. If they have to go six games with the Pelicans, no Laker fan can say that's not a problem. If you go six against the Pelicans... What do you think you're going to do with the Clippers? You're not going to do Jack. So, you better hope, if, if it's Lakers-Pelicans, you better hope they either sweep or win within five games. I'm telling you, if Zion tests LeBron and makes them go to 6+, plus, that shows you everything you need, you need to know about LeBron James. And it's more appealing than watching a Lakers versus Grizzlies matchup. Come on, Let's be honest here. Like, the Grizzlies can't match up as as far as it's going to be a mismatch. They don't have that many bigs. I mean, you got to stop developing the White Howard and AD. At least with Zion, Zion can handle that. And then on top of that, um, with the Pelicans, they can put a lot of pressure 
um, just in their guard play with Drew Holiday, um, Brandon Ingram, and, and they put more, more more pressure on their big guys. And so my whole thing is with the Lakers, they're that's their Achilles heel is they get in foul trouble and they're not deep in the bench like that. Whereas the Pelicans are very deep, as well as you know the Rockets, and then as well as the Clippers. I agree. So that one thing, like, like I said, and this is this is the defining moment of LeBron's legacy right now. And he wants to be compared to Michael Jordan. And it's like, everybody, he's, I, I don't like the comparison because you got to put Kobe. You can't just take away Kobe. Everybody erases Kobe Bryant not, not realizing that Kobe was our MJ. It's not Kobe. And LeBron James is a better, uh, improved version of Magic Johnson. And if you look at the spots on the floor where these guys took, you know, their shots, you know, you look at Kobe. Kobe idolized Michael. And every, around, you know, uh, certain spots, that was Michael Jordan's sweet spot. Same thing with Kobe Bryant. With LeBron James, he gets all his buckets from more so the transitional aspect. And it's so hard to play bully ball with him. He's huge. And he just developed a fadeaway in his uh, 14 to 15 year uh, <laughs> career. The difference is, though, LeBron passes, man. LeBron don't have it in him to take the shot. That's why I love Kobe. That's why I love Jordan. They don't mind getting the questions, oh, wow, you made them lose the game. Or they didn't mind getting the glory questions. Oh, wow, you took the game in your hands. You hit the 35-footer. But LeBron... And said he passes, he passes to Ray Allen. He he pa- he passes to the white to the, to the white jump shooter with the heat, right? He passes. Uh, he, Mike Miller, Mike Miller. There you go, Mike Miller. Mike Miller. He passes. So that's hey, I remember the number. All right, come on. Oh oh oh! I'm so sorry. Listen, I I remember the number. All right, but. But the point is, if, 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 if you can't take the game in your hands, are, are you really expected to be the best to ever do it? And, uh, and also, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar... Remember, Kobe learned late on his career 
to be said to be to be more of a thinking man, and that's how Kobe mm-hmm. was elevated his game to that much height. Because Kobe was just an assassin. He he come in like attack, attack, attack. Um, you know, give, 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 no, you know what. But mm-hmm. as he got older, he changed. But he was still Kobe. He was also mm-hmm. he also thought the game much smarter, and that's Westbrook's problem. If Westbrook has that game, I think Westbrook would would, would be exactly would be this generation's Kobe, just like Kobe to us is MJ. I view Kobe as my MJ. Because as I growing up, when I saw Kobe, I saw Regis. When I saw MJ, you know when I saw MJ? I didn't see him when he was in his heyday with the Bulls. I saw him as a Washington Wizard. You that young? Dang. I'm that young. I'm that 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 that's the only memory I have of Michael Jordan was when he was with the Wizards and he couldn't lead that team to the postseason. But he but he he, also, he wasn't that bad for a four year old. He had some good games as a four year old. So I'm not gonna lie. He yeah, he he had really good games as a four year old, but he just wasn't the same MJ. And now, and it's funny because quick story, growing up watching mm-hmm. basketball, I'll see MJ. I'm like, this is the great MJ. And then people are looking at me like, do you know who Michael Jordan is? Like. Some old, old chomp on the Wizards. Like, who is this guy? So my friends were like, yo, go back, go watch Michael Jordan. How dare you be disrespectful to Michael Jordan? <laughs> so I had to go back, watch it, and I was like, oh, man. Yo, I was mm-hmm. Like, Jordan was that dude. And then watching mm-hmm. my dance further, further cemented my thoughts growing up was like, no, Jordan was that dude. I never saw Jordan's prime. I never saw the 85 to like 90 when Jordan was like winning scoring titles and like defensive player of the year when Mm -hmm. he was just air Jordan. Then Jordan became like, you know, the the guy winning championships, um, retiring, um, retiring, playing baseball for a few years, came back. Mm -hmm. Lost his first time against the Magic, came back second three feet, retired, and then the Jordan was just good, and that it kind of taught me that before I can judge a player, I have to look at film and look at look at the play as a whole, because Jordan was came up as that dude, like a guy like say Brady, he was a six round pick, and people were like, oh, he's just gonna be a, like a like what just 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 an okay guy. Turns out Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever do it. So it goes to show that like you can't really judge players unless you see them and watch them grow. Exactly, and to keep it real, uh, right here, real quick. Um, so who do you think? actually has, you know, the better trade. Uh, the Rockets or either OKC, because right now, OKC has a better record than the Rockets. OKC. Okay. OKC, I thought that OKC got the better trade initially, and looking back at it, I'm, I'm my point is buffered. Because A, you got to give a job what Chris Paul is doing. He, he has mentored Shea Gilders-Alexander, and look at him, and Gilders-Alexander is being great. Not to mention, they have multiple first-round picks. I mean, obviously you're not going to use every single first-round pick, but they got so much ammunition where, like, uh, like say, like, a, a star player is disgruntled. They can get a star player because they have assets that players want. They got some mm-hmm. compensation. And then and not only that though, they're playing better than expectations. So I think 
on in in the overview, I think OKC got the better in the trade. Because not only draft picks, but they played better than what we thought they were going to be. And I definitely agree with you on that as well. Like, I'm kind of disappointed in the Rockets, but we already know what we saw with the Rockets. The Rockets, especially with James Harden, he plays ice ball. He don't really get his team involved. And then uh, he waits until, like, the last minute would pass to his teammates, which delivers, like, an unorthodox uh, shot. And it's not, you know, a good quality shot that you need. And I'm like, that's what's going to mess them up in the playoffs. They want to get in the playoffs. You can't really stop Harden on the offensive end. But you can't. But he shoots himself out. You know, my, my whole thing is, <laughs> I thought the Rockets were supposed to get better. That's why they brought in, you know, um, Russell. And Russell wanted to, you know, be gone. But Russell is just basically like um, Harden. You know, they like the big moments and stuff. And they want the ball in their hands, but they don't know how to play teams. <laughs> I agree. I, 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 I agree. I, I totally agree with, with your sentiments. Now, baseball, and then we'll end the rapid fire, and then you're going to tell us a little bit about yourself and growing up and what got you into sports at the end. We're going to go into baseball right now. So baseball is coming back. Obviously, Caesars already has the Yankees and Dodgers, the cold faces. Would you agree with what Vegas says, or do you see another team that, that could challenge the, Yankees and, uh, challenge the Yankees and Dodgers for the World Series? Uh, honestly, I don't really see another team out there, for real. Um, and like I said, this, this is a weird time for everybody right now. So you just, like, I had the Astros. I like the Astros, uh, what they did. Um, and I do like the, um, Nash, um, Nationals as well, too. They have a great, um, they have some great hitters. Um, and their defense is, you know, support. But also at the same time, it, it just... Everybody's mind is not like baseball right now. Everybody's looking at the pandemic, so that's going to be like one of the key factors. Um, but <laughs> the favorites, I'm going to have to say, you know, uh, Yankees and Dodgers. Dodgers need to actually get a World Series win, though, uh, in a championship. They always go and like, somehow they choke in the end. I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I think um, the only, for the Yankees, Achilles, um, and I, I hate to be that guy, uh, until the Yankees can prove they can beat the Astros, then mm-hmm. I feel like I need to see the Yankees beat the Astros for me to prove because the Astros have beat them three times in the postseason in the last five years. And in order for the Yankees, and the Yankees got Miguel, they got Garrett Cole, and Berlin got Sergio. So, so um, Houston's rotation's weaker, but they're still a talented team. They still have a very good offense. Um, Dusty Baker, she, this is probably his one chance at getting the World Series because he has not yet gotten close to the mountain, but he's never delivered. So I really think that like Houston could be uh, that team that the Yankees don't beat. Because I don't see any other team in American League that could beat the Yankees. I don't see any other team other than Houston. Houston is the only team. I, I don't see the Twins. The Rays are interesting unless they add a bat. If the Rays add a big-time bat, then they're a big mm-hmm. the Yankees. Because the Rays can pitch. And, also have a, and, and Austin Meadows is so good. I'm an Austin Meadows fan. And Wanda Franco is their, is their upcoming prospect. He is really, really good. So that a race could be a team that could make things interesting, but again, and also with the with with, 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 with rumors that with the Yankees holding up against the Nationals, 
We're talking about Max Serger against Jared Cole. Sign me up. I am so ready for that. <laughs> That is great. So, man, we're going to end this with a bit of rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you, my friend, I'm going to ask you random questions. You're going to give me the question. It's going to be any sports topic that I come on top of my head, and you're going to give me the answer off the top of your head. You ready? All right. Will Colin Kaepernick sign with the NFL team this year? Yes. Will, uh, will the Seahawks win the NFC West, or will it still be the 49 division to lose? Uh, no. What was the second question? Will it be the 49th? Is it the 49th division to lose? Uh, neither. I'd say Arizona. Ooh, I like Do you that. not see who they kicked us? Oh, D-Hop. I like yeah. that. I like that. I like that. D-Hop, I'm curved. Um, I like that. I like that. But very outside thinking. I'm sticking with the NFL. Um, who, who, who do you think is over the MVP? Um, Lamar Jackson, um, Patrick Mahomes, or the field? Uh, Lamar Jackson again. Ooh, I like that. Um, do, um, who now, with the addition, um, we talked about this earlier, but I'm going to ask you again, with the addition of Cam Newton to the Patriots, are the Patriots now the favorites to win the AFC? Uh, no. Thank you. 
Daniel Jones, uh, Giants quarterback. Man, I'm like, I have to go second. I have to, I have to because Daniel Jones is like he shows improvement, but then sometimes he just doesn't have that maturity not to see double coverages and throw the balls in double coverage and it's picked off. That that is um that that is probably my biggest gripe with um that that's probably my biggest gripe with Daniel Jones is the fact that um Daniel Jones unfortunately um he throws the ball in double coverage and he cannot read zone defenses, so that's something that he has to work on. Last question. So Nick is on the Bucks versus he wants a Bucks versus Pat Super Bowl. So let, let's let's entertain that actually. If the Bucks play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, who do you think wins that matchup? Uh, I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Oh, 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 oh. Just, just on the aspect, just on the aspect, I, I think with, um, cause I'm still thinking of like Brady is 40-something years old. This is a new offense that he has, like he hasn't been implicated with just yet. Cam Newton, uh, I, I have seen him before in, in like a minute situations, like, you know, with the game on the line. He can drop, he can literally wheel his team down the field. We've seen that with Brady, but this is just a different Brady. He's 40 years old, whereas, you know, Cam Newton is like game 30. Early 30 is at that. And Cam Newton has something to prove, so i got to go with the underdog, Cam Newton. See, the reason why people should want a Patriots Buccaneers Super Bowl, right? If Mahomes misses this year, it's not going to kill him. He has another 10 chances, 10 to 15 chances, right? The bu- No, it's really, it's really not. The Buccaneers and Patriots would be a very high-rated Super Bowl. Why? Because it gives us the answer to the question everybody has been asking for the past 20 years. It's the ultimate question. Who is it? Belichick or Brady? So, since since there can't be a tie in the Super Bowl, right? We're going to get the answer. Is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? And I know James would watch the Super Bowl. Even if you hate the Patriots. Even if you hate Tom Brady. You're going to watch this Super Bowl. It is going to be a better Super Bowl than if it was Chiefs 49ers. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Because, no, it really wasn't. It wasn't. We saw, we saw Kyle Shanahan wet the bed once again. Alright? We don't want to see that again. That's only if you're a player fan, right? And I don't count player fans as real fans. If you were to tell me you're only a Laker fan because of LeBron, I would have said, go home, why are you a guest? I don't honor your fandom, right? It's just like people that like Shaq. They only like the Celtics because Shaq. 
They only they don't they only like the Heat because of Shaq. They only like the Lakers because of Shaq. Players fans are trash. So for any person who left the Patriots to go to the Bucks, you were never a Patriot fan. You were only a Tom Brady fan. And no player will outlast any team.
that's my purpose as well, is to explain to people, you know, what sports mean to me as well as it means to America. Because when you're getting in a group, uh, you know, if you're playing basketball, you know, your teammates might be from Virginia, New York, Europe, somewhere. Everybody has a different culture and background. But y'all come together as one. Y'all need to win um, some games together. You know, it's all about family and, and unity within each other. And that is something that we need, like, right now. So in my sports journey, I use my sports journey as a way to help others understand that we can't do it alone. We need to bring this together. And so uh, <laughs> over my eight years, you know, at first I wanted to work with ESPN. You know, most, most sports journalists come out and say, hey, you know, I want to work with ESPN or Fox or something like that. But, you know, over the years, I wanted to build my own platform to help other individuals out because in this field, a lot of people don't help each other out. It seems like, you know, it's, it's very competitive. Um, and a lot of people don't have the time to actually intern you or give a helping hand. And most of the time it's... Um, are serial models. You know, they have different plans if they help you out. And so my whole thing now with my purpose and passion is to help others out as well as build my own platform and not just build for other individuals or other organizations because I work hard for my connections and I'm not the type of person that likes to be told what I can and can't do. Um, and so you just have to have that entrepreneur mindset and that's where I'm at like right now in my eighth year. I agree, man, and keep pushing, my brother. And as one, as African-American myself, I'm, I'm proud of what you're doing. Keep doing this, man. Keep pushing, keep striving. And I'm really glad that you spent some, some time out of your schedule to come on the podcast. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. The episode's going to go off later tonight. I'm going to send you the episode two. And thank you again so much, man. I really do appreciate you. Oh, oh and quickly, we we probably should have started the pod off with this. But um, what's your thoughts with everything from the Black Lives Matter movement to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and all the horrible innocent death that's been going on at least for the past 10 years for, for, for a lot? Oh, man. Um... It's just horrible, man. Like, we, we need to be treated as equals and not being discriminated against or having, you know, all these protests because someone got killed. Um, another unarmed person that's being killed from law enforcement. And law enforcement, these are the people that, you know, we actually need to call doing help, but these are the people that are killing us as well. So it's like, as an African-American, who do you really trust? You can't go to the cops without having some type of fear that they're not going to believe you, A, or B, that you're not going to want to go home. Because, you know, I have seen so many videos where, you know, an African-American person calls law enforcement to kind of help them out. And instead, you know, they take a, another culture's uh, side without hearing the black side and don't believe the black side. And the black person is just getting arrested. And those are the ones that are calling the cops, you know, <laughs> to help uh, for, for other people to help them out. And so it, it is sad right now. And... I have so many, you know, uh, people, it's a, it's a division right now. You know, we're trying to get things changed, which I see. And people, you know, like, 
you know, Drew Brees. He already knew he was in about to swag. And my whole thing is, like, what he's doing right now, it's more so of a marketing aspect. It's, it's a PR stunt because you got to get in, part, in front of the problem. And so my whole thing is, it was never about the flag. And, and, you know, a lot of people want to talk about, well, Kaepernick was disrespecting the flag. But in true reality, you know, my forefathers fucked for this land, but was called niggers. And was disrespected and called monkeys. And you need to go back to Africa. So how would you feel if you were fighting for a country that don't even like you or even love or even respect you? And it's so sad that you're still dealing with this today. And so it, this is how sad society is. This man, George Floyd, was killed. It was on live, you know, there was a video surfacing around. A lot of people saw the video over and over and over. So you had, you know, protests, you had, you know, um, buildings getting burnt down and stuff like that. So this is what law enforcement did. These are the people that are supposed to protect us. They had 73 guys that were protecting the murderer. 73 law enforcement, um, law enforcement officials protecting this guy. OJ didn't even have 73 people. And oh, everybody loved OJ. <laughs> and, you're telling, and you're telling me that after looking at the film, you protected this guy for three straight days. And the only reason why he went to jail was because there was a lot of protests and basically America was literally burnt down. It wasn't just, you know, in Minnesota. It was everywhere. And so now you have to do something about it. And we didn't even have a great leadership with President Trump. We didn't have that leadership. And my whole thing in, in life is why do people have to die in order for things to change? This is 2020 and we're still dealing with, you know, uh, a lot of division right now. And then with the whole I lives, all lives matters, we didn't say, you know, your life didn't matter. We just talked about black lives matter because it's sad that, you know, before I moved from Virginia, because I'm born and raised in Virginia, I moved out to Washington State for uh, career moves. Like, I actually, um, after I graduated college, I actually had a position as a news reporter. When I moved out there, I was the only black guy out there. People thought, you know, I, my parents was, you know, I, I lived in the ghetto. People were surprised that I was educated, that I had a degree. That's sad. Like, I see people as people, and I'm not going to judge anybody because I judge characteristics. If you, if you don't have, if you don't produce a positive vibe, I'm not going to really talk with you because I don't want my positive, I don't want my energy to be interrupted by anything that's negative. I don't care who you are. But my whole thing is, I like the change with the Black Lives Matter movement, but also at the same time, it seems like it's more so a response. Racism did not just sit here and be like, hey, I'm here now. Racism been here. And so, when, you know, we hear executive people talk about, oh, well, I have to understand. There is, you don't need to understand anything. Your parents taught you right from wrong. People, you know, said, well, your parents, actually, because you grew up, was telling people, you know, you want to be treated how, you want to treat others how others treat you. How you are regard. Yeah. And my whole, my whole thing is, treat people how you want to be treated. So, I, I don't look at color or anything of that nature. If you treat me respectful, I'm going to give respect back. You know? And that's how life and, and humanity should be. But it's not like that. Everybody look at skin complexion. And I'm still, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out what did African Americans do besides be called lazy, shame, and was forced to build up an American, America 
that we were not even, that we were disrespecting. Fun fact, man, with that fire job, we have to build a land that was already stolen. Thank you. <laughs> that was already stolen by the white people. They were stolen by the natives. <laughs> Exactly. And I just don't get that aspect. And, you know, you hear a lot of, you know, racist people coming out, you know, talking about the national anthem. And the national anthem was, they basically came from a drinking song. And so we're basically standing up for a drinking game? That was like a thing? And it just, it just did not make any sense. And then my, my whole thing lastly is, you know, the President Trump, you know, should have said, sat there and said something about Black Wall Street. You know, you got to unite these people. But instead, you know, you, you talk about, oh, uh, these protests are animals and looters and stuff like that. And you're trying to basically sit there and say it's the black culture and the black lives matter. But you, but yet, this is the 20th century where lynching in some states is not a federal, a federal hate crime. That's sad. <laughs> I thought about in a biblical sense, thou shalt not kill. It was in the Ten Commandments. I I agree, and it's actually in the, what we hope for in the future, and what we hope going forward is that we hope that the message doesn't get lost. Which is why I'm glad that sports are coming back because sports bring unity. So just mm-hmm. people think that oh, sports are going to come back, this will go away. Guess what? It's not going away. It's going to be there. And what better place to get the message in? Then through sport because everyone, no matter what color, you're there for a goal, right? You're there for a goal. And what better way to spread it, spread your message across, than everyone unite for one goal. And I think going forward, these things will happen. And I'm very confident right now. So, um, anyways, my brother, man, thanks again. Um, for coming on. I really appreciate it. This was great. For the fact that you took the time out of your schedule to come on, I really appreciate you. As again, um, this episode will go up again later tonight, and I'll send you the link as well um, so that you can see it for yourself. And thank you again so much. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, and uh, thank you for having me. And we should definitely do this uh, another time. 100%. 100%. When sports comes back, you'll, you'll, you'll be on. Definitely, definitely. On this note, yes, sir. Definitely have a blessed one and stay safe and keep doing your thing. Take care. No problem. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. All right, guys. This is, you know, a longer episode than most. Not only because of the guests, but with the Cam Newton news. Um, of course, we have to finish this up with the Yankee roster. And that's just it into... Catchers with Kyle Higashioka, Chris Iannetta, Eric Kratz, Max McDowell, Gary Sanchez, and Josh Toley. In, in, infielders newly acquired Matt Duffy, who was a Ray, who was a Giant, very good infielder. Tyro Estrada, Mike Ford, Kyle Holder, DJ LeMayu, Gleyber Torres, Gio Shell, Luke Voigt. Infielders slash outfielders, Miguel Andujar. Roselle Herrera and Tyler Wade. The outfielders. Esteban Florial, Clint Frazier. Uh, Brett Garner. Zach Grennett. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Judge. John Carl Santon. Mike Talkman. And the pitchers. Al- Albert Abreu. Domingo Acevedo. Daniel Alvarez. Louis Av- Avalon. Zach Britton. Louis Sessa. Araldo Chapman. Garrett Cole. 
Debbie Garcia, Lucas Gill, Chad Green, David Hill, Jay Hat, Ben Heller, Jonathan Holder, Tommy Tight Pants Kingley, Michael King, Brooks Krisky, Jonathan Lawizaga, Tyler Lyons, Louis Medina, Jordan Montgomery, Nick Nelson, Dan Oturo, Adam Ottavino, James Paxson, Adonis Rosa, James's favorite, Clark Schmidt, Masahiro Tanaka, Nick Trepano, Alexander Vizcaino, Miguel Yair, and Tony Zinch. A lot of people's names that are on here that would have never, ever been on here if this was normal circumstances. So, obviously this eventually is going to have to get trimmed down to 30, and then it's going to get trimmed down back to the 26. But there's a lot of really interesting names on here. And, you know, I, I get why he's not on here, and they technically still could add him because it's not 60 names on here. But I would have preferred to see Jason Dominguez on here. Um, I get why he's not. The kid's 17 years old, hasn't, hasn't played with the ball left. But even right now, I'd much rather have him on here than Clint Frazier. Um, normally, before Cam, I would have mentioned everybody's roster. I had it all saved because everybody announced their roster today. Quick breaking news, Tim Tebow. Even still, could not make <laughs> and an expanded roster, sixty rosters. So that just goes to show you, he's he's never gonna be a Met. So if anybody who's a Tebow fan had any thought of him playing, stop it. It's 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 really not gonna happen. Last thing before we head off this long episode, Michael K announced that um, Yankees and Mets fans will join on the Yes Network. Um, that all that happened tonight already. They had a Subway Series open with um, Franco, Ryder, Posada, Tory, Valentine, Steel, Cole, and Bernie Williams. That happened tonight. And tomorrow, guys, I'm tuning in to the Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, and Hahn show. But this time, it'll be with the great Chris Collins. And who would have, who would have thought that Alan Hahn, who takes a well deserved vacation, finds out that the Patriots get canned and he's not there? to thought he ended the episode, but what kind of guy would I be if I didn't read Cam's quote? I'm excited as I don't know what right now. Two exclamation points. All praise to God. Two exclamation points. Dropping content tomorrow. Two exclamation points. I hope you're ready. Two exclamation points. Steaming emoji. Hashtag. Let's go. Hats, love, and with Black Hango and Cool.